0: Under a law Congress passed two years ago, the Pentagon is supposed to give losing contractors a lot more details about why their bids were not chosen. It's called enhanced debriefings. But according to Amazon Web Services, anyhow, DOD flat out ignored that law after it awarded the Jedi Cloud contract to Microsoft. AWS says it asked more than 200 questions and didn't get a single substantive answer. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has been talking to some of the legal experts about what that alleged violation might mean for the case and for the future of the debriefing process. Jared joins me now. Jared, it sounds like they're treating enhanced debriefings like they would want to treat enhanced interrogation or something.
1: It does sound that way, but to a certain extent, this is a little bit of a situation of he said, she said, nothing because we've we've not gotten a response at all from DOD on their side of this. But but that is the allegation from AWS in their lawsuit. They say that they filed more than two hundred, well, not more than, but exactly two hundred and sixty-five substantive questions, um, and and DOD did not give them a single substantive answer back. One caveat here: substantive is obviously in the eye of the beholder. So it may be that DoD thinks that they answered these uh, questions perfectly adequately. It may also be that they thought it was just way too risky for them to give a- away a ton of information to what they, you know, reasonably suspected would be a competitor in an upcoming in an upcoming court fight because it was highly probable all along that Amazon Web Services was going to challenge this procurement decision in court. But. Congress seems to have known that when they passed this provision in the first place the point of it as as we understand from the debates at the time was that they they felt that if they required the department to disclose a lot more information during the debriefing process it would it would tend to ward off protests because many many times contractors file protests mainly as a way to learn more information about why they lost or to set themselves up for uh, with more information for future procurement so they have a better chance of winning next time so Congress thought that if they- they... They require DOD to do these enhanced debriefings, including detailed written answers back to losing bidders. They could ward off some of those, what they viewed as uh, unnecessary extraneous protests.
0: And some of the people you spoke with felt that maybe the Pentagon feels that it is simply these enhanced debriefings are more fuel for more effective protests.
1: Yeah, well, and they certainly felt that DOD probably had the view that, that, that I just described a second ago that it just wasn't worth its time to spend to, 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 to in this very compressed period that the law sets out. They've got to do it within five days to respond to 265 different written questions would be tough in the first place. But then it raises the question of, is it worth your time to do that at all since you know you're going to a protest anyway? So 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 it's almost like, why bother? Because you know you're going to have to deliver this information over the course of a much more expanded time frame during the, during the course of an Actual lawsuit.
0: All right, so what happens now? There's a protest registered and it's working its way through the courts as we speak. Does that mean the Pentagon is precluded now or they simply don't need to bother whatsoever with any sort of expansion of the debriefing
1: they did give? Yeah, so that, that ship has probably sailed. I did talk to one legal expert who thinks maybe not. So one of the interesting issues here is this expanded debriefing or enhanced debriefing process has not been tested in the federal courts yet. So whichever court rules on it first is really going to have a fresh bite at the apple. And, and, and Charles Tiefer, who's a professor of procurement at the University of Baltimore Law School, says that means that a judge could construe this to mean that, you know, even if he just, rather, she, excuse me, if the judge decides that she's not going to throw the the entire contract out on these limited procedural grounds she could do something like go back to the department and say I'm going to suspend your award until you give Amazon web services the full debriefing that is required by the law but again this is all completely speculative because this this particular requirement has not been tested in court yet I talked to another expert who who, who declined to be identified on the record who, who who worked in the Senate during the time that this provision was working its way through that chamber who basically said sees this as not that big a deal because of the circumstances of this procurement. This person's view is that Congress created this mostly for small companies who would not normally be equipped to do a lot of bid protesting in federal courts because of the expense. And Congress really didn't have in mind the, this idea of multi-billion dollar procurements uh, with, with, with plaintiffs who can hire the best legal experts in the world to go challenge this sort of thing. So that person consider this, considers this a relatively minor Minor uh, legal violation, even if it's not particularly good government.
0: We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. So, yeah, so now it could be also that Amazon is trying everything it can, including the Court of Public Relations, in mentioning this whole idea about the debriefing, throwing it all into the bonfire of this protest. So, in other words, what the experts are saying is this may not be the best representative test case, because likely every multi-billion
1: dollar thing will be protested anyhow, regardless
0: of what the debriefings look like.
1: I I think you raise a really excellent point, Tom, here, and that that particular part of the lawsuit where they're complaining about the debriefing may be for our benefit in the media as much as it is for, you know, the purposes of actual litigation. And and, and we should also mention that one of the high-priced lawyers that Amazon has hired here is a well-known uh, media law expert. So, so they definitely do have those sorts of public imaging and public relations things in mind. The government actually dinged them for allegedly over-redacting their court complaint in a way that was intended to influence, uh, you know, public opinion on on this entire matter. So I I think you make a really good point there. Some of this is is possibly not just for the court's benefit.
0: And on the JEDI contract itself, I guess there's two interesting developments that you can elaborate on. One is the government is proceeding with Microsoft even as the protest proceeds in court from Amazon. And you're also writing about what is in the NDAA that's about to become law for 2020. Does not mention JEDI. Tell us more about those.
1: Yeah, so so on that issue of, of proceeding with Microsoft, uh, we we do know that there's a fairly aggressive schedule now that the award's been issued. That DOD and Microsoft are hoping to get the unclassified portions of Jedi, at least part of it, up and running by February, and then the uh, classified sections of it up by, by as soon as this fall. So so pretty tight timeline there. Because of that tight timeline, they've actually declined a request from AWS to voluntarily delay any any more uh, task orders in this contract to actually do work until March, which is what AWS has requested. And in response to that, AWS has said that it may now file for a preliminary injunction asking a court to order DOD and Microsoft to stop work. They've not followed through with that yet, but they've suggested they might do that. On the congressional front, one, one thing that's worth noting as, as far as JEDI as a whole and as far as this enhanced debriefing process that we've been talking about. Congress had a chance. Weigh in on Jedi and both the appropriations bills and the DoD authorization bill that's being debated and sent to the president's desk this week. And for the first time in two years, there are no restrictions whatsoever on the Jedi contract. The appropriations bill does designate it as a "quote unquote" special interest item, but it, in essence, it says we're good with Jedi now. Um, you've responded to all our reporting requirements. Thanks. We just need you to keep us up to date on a quarterly basis, and that's really all that's there. Which is really a stark contrast to the restrictions that have been in those for the past two years.
0: Yeah, so Congress is moving on then really, as the DoD moves, although it is unusual, I think it's fair to say that not, that there's not a restraining order when there's a major protest on a major thing. I've, I've rarely seen one of these where there's not a restraining order.
1: Yeah, in the in the Government Accountability Office protest uh, process, there is an automatic stay provision, but not at the Court of Federal Claims unless it's specifically requested by the plaintiff. And and AWS did not do that in this case, possibly just because it felt like it had a little bit of time before any substantive work actually got going. And now that there is this dispute between Amazon and the government about you know voluntarily delaying that process, it, it, it is like we said before entirely possible that they will file for a preliminary injunction.
0: All right, so we've got at least six more months of coverage of this thing coming because it just looks like it won't die. I know. We were saying that about a year ago and then here we are a year later, more
1: than six months.
0: Federal News Network's Jared Serbu, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Be sure to check out his story. It's now online at federalnewsnetwork.com.
1: Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99?